0: for us to get into our health feature conversation for this morning and as mentioned eating disorders awareness week typically takes place in the last week of february this year it's being held from february the 28th to march the 5th which means we are currently in eating disorders awareness week and so that's what we will be discussing this morning joined as always by our resident gp and the ceo of proactive health solutions dr Fundile nyati dr nyati a very good morning to you good to have you on the show
1: Good morning, cooks, and good morning to all of the 702 listeners.
0: Hmm. So we are discussing Eating Disorders Awareness Week, which is currently taking yes. place until the 5th. Um, what is the point or the focus of Eating Disorders Awareness Week? What do we aim to do with the week? Well,
1: Gooks, um, Yes, you're right. Um, We we are in the middle of that Awareness Week, from the 28th uh, to the 5th of March. um, 28th of February to the 5th of March. Well, I think, um, like you said, it's an Awareness Week. So the main aim is to actually um, increase uh, the levels of awareness about, uh, you know, eating disorders uh which are actually becoming much more common you know uh, nowadays not that it is something new it's they they've been there for quite some time uh there have been you know perceptions that no they happen in certain communities and in certain race groups but um the truth is uh this is a problem now that uh, is happening worldwide and um you know there's no particular race group uh, you know that uh, seems to be immune from this kind of of health challenges. So, uh, so when we're talking uh, about uh, you know these these conditions, I think uh, it's important to explain that these are eating disorders, um, you know uh, that affect uh, the physical and mental health. Uh, and uh, what is actually the underlying pro- problem is that. Um, you know the people who are affected um they have got a problem in how they think about food uh, how they think about eating uh, how they think about weight uh, the body shape uh, and all of these you know at a mental health level then uh, may lead to them you know um, adopting uh, certain practices uh, that may sometimes be detrimental to their long-term health and Mm. in a few cases may also lead to death
0: Mm. and dr Nyati, you said there are myths misconceptions um about you know groups of people or communities that have eating disorders and ones that don't Uh, do we know what the prevalence of eating disorders are globally but also any indication of the prevalence in South Africa? Because I guess even in our country, we have two very different issues. Issues of food security, for instance, of people not yes. getting enough food due to poverty and inequality, yeah. which is very different mm. to what we are discussing. So do we have mm. a sense, even in that context of food insecurity, of what, um, what the prevalence of eating disorders are in South Africa?
1: Well, um, in, you know, worldwide, um, they normally talk around 4% of people, um, you know, uh, especially when you look at females, about 4% of people uh, have got uh, eating disorders of one type or the other. Um, but what is also important is that, um, males. Uh, that previously were thought that they don't have these kind of issues, uh, actually do present about 1.5% of males globally, um, you know, do actually uh, present with eating disorders. Now, that is at a global level. Here in South Africa, uh, you know, in the recent years, a couple of studies have been done uh, amongst, you know, teenagers and adolescents and and young adults. And uh, it is found that actually uh, we are seeing more and more, um, you know, of uh, 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 our people here in South Africa uh, suffering from uh, eating disorders. But, uh, you know, the sample sizes that have been used are relatively, you know, small to be able to really give a clear picture. But one thing that is clear is that from around age 12, uh going upwards and um, that's when you see uh, these cases of eating disorders and um again uh, in terms of i mean we are a diverse country you know white people indian people colored people and black africans and what we're seeing is that uh, uh the there is no longer that much of a difference, uh, you know, from a racial point of view across all the race groups, we are seeing uh, these conditions. Previously, they were thought to be, you know, conditions that affect the affluent. And obviously the majority of affluent people were people who were white. Um, but nowadays, you know, there isn't much of a difference uh, on, on this uh, kind of conditions.
0: And when we speak of uh, eating disorder conditions, what are some of the ones that uh, we know of or the ones that are most uh, prevalent?
1: Well, um, we definitely know um, about um, what we call anorexia nervosa. Uh, That's one of the most common. Um, There's also bulimia nervosa. Um, There's binge eating uh, disorder. Um, and there are others as well. Um, but let me just talk a little bit about the anorexia nervosa. So the anorexia nervosa, um, these are the people who, as a result of, you know, um, you know, I talked earlier about the thinking about food, thinking about weight uh, and, and all of that. Now, so these, uh, people typically they've got extremely low body weight. They're very, very thin. Uh, and the underlying problem there is that they've got an intense fear of gaining weight, intense fear. It's almost, it's, it's, it's pathological, you know, the fear uh, of, of, um, of gaining weight. Um, and uh, obviously uh, the underlying issue, like I said, is an unrealistic view of thinking about weight and body shape, mm-hmm. which drives them. Than to be, you know, some of them are perpetually on on diets and other extreme, you know, measures to try and make sure that, uh, you know, their weight uh, is uh, below what would be considered to be, you know, a, a normal, you know, BMI of about eighteen and above. So that's that's the issue uh, with these people, and uh, so they may adopt measures like, you know. um exercising too much or using laxatives or even diet aids um, and uh, sometimes induce vomiting after eating all of this uh, because they want to make sure that uh, their body weight uh, is as low as possible and uh, obviously this leads to Uh, denying one's body uh, of uh, the essential nutrients of the body and may actually lead uh, to some extreme health problems. So that is, uh, you know, anorexia nervosa. But there is another one called bulimia. And uh, in this one, once again, the underlying problem is obviously, you know, thought around food, around uh, body weight. Um, And uh, in these people, they have got episodes um, you know, uh, where they binge like over it, you know, they binge on food and uh, that is followed by episodes of then purging the body of that food that is, you know, inducing vomiting and using laxatives uh, and all of that. Uh, and so uh, they've got this strong edge to binge eat And then, you know, uh, it's followed by a purge. And uh, I mean, this is eating a lot of food in a very short space of time. They've got no control over, you know, the eating. But what follows the eating is that they get extreme guilt or shame uh, or extreme fear of weight gain. And then they adopt, you know, uh, the, the purging. Then there is another one called binge eating disorder um again in this one there's binge eating that is a lot of eating within a short space of time but it is not necessarily followed uh, by purging mm-hmm. so um and then i mean there are others also called and where somebody just avoids food you know they've got excuses about why they must not eat uh, and sometimes they may eat things that are non-nutritious uh, something called pica That we sometimes see in people who are pregnant, where they may even eat soil. So uh, those are just some of the common eating disorders that we find out there. But uh, the most common really um, is the anorexia nervosa, Mm -hmm. uh, the bulimia.
0: And so what is the impact on uh, health that um, living with an eating disorder could have? You were just saying that one of the types is someone who avoids eating. Um, I imagine that would have some kind of impact on um, your health. If someone is eating and purging, that will have some kind of impact on health. What are some of the implications of um, eating disorders?
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, complications that may come uh, as a result of uh, these eating uh, disorders. Like I said, um, some may be long-lasting. And in a few situations, uh, people even die. So there can be serious physical health or mental health, you know, uh, problems. And often people with these eating disorders uh, have actually been found that at the same time they have got other, you know, uh, psychiatric or psychological problems uh, that are actually there with, you know, uh, those eating disorders. But uh, some of the complications, um, you know, uh, because of the, you know, the eating, uh, the binging, um, you know, um, they may have problems with with weight gain. Um, and then those who are actually depriving themselves of of, of, of food, um, you know, the deficiencies uh, in the nutrients uh, in the body may lead to problems where to the heart, they may lead to the problems to the kidneys, uh, and so uh, physical health problems. But uh, mental health problems, depression and anxiety are very common. And sometimes, and what has been seen is that substance use disorder is also very, very common amongst people with uh, these eating disorders. Uh, Suicidal thoughts and behavior as a result of the guilt. And there's a lot of stigmatization uh, and discrimination sometimes of people who are known to be having these conditions. So you find that then some of them cannot take the level of depression uh, and uh, their self-image issues may actually drive them you know, to deep depression and even suicidal ideation. Mm. There may be problems with growth and development for those who are still young. Remember I said from around ages of 12 upwards, uh, you know, uh, that's when we start to see these conditions. So some of these people, um, you know, they are still young, uh, they are teenagers, they are adolescents and uh them having these health challenges may actually affect their growth and development they may have social and relationship problems um and uh, at school they may be you know school issues or even you know uh, work issues and yes death is also Uh, one of those things that that does happen from time to time.
0: And so how does one get diagnosed with an eating disorder? Would you go to your GP and, you know, through assessment be found then that you have an eating disorder? Do we recognize eating disorders as, you know, health medical conditions? And how do we treat it once you have been diagnosed?
1: Well, um, Yes, um, you know, obviously these are recognized, you know, a, a medical a, a diagnosis uh, and therefore they di- they do need uh, to, you know, um, to be diagnosed by health professionals who are actually trained to be able to diagnose them. Um, so they present with a variety of symptoms, um, you know, and there are certain red flags, you know, that one can pick up, you know, of, of these people. Um, more often than not they don't really want uh, to go and consult doctors and be diagnosed so most times it's the family members or friends who would actually coerce them or urge them to actually seek you know, uh, health interventions. But uh, going to one's GP um, is normally the 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 earliest thing that one can do, uh, and uh, the you know the diagnosis will be based on uh, the medical history, uh, you know, from the patient, physical examination. So the the, the health provider will examine. Uh, and rule out other medical causes you know of what they see and uh, so physical examination mental health examination there may even be other medical studies uh, or medical tests that are done Uh, and that would then you know uh, help that health professional to be able to make a diagnosis Uh, so often psychologists are involved in this um, you know, when we're talking treatment psychologists, because it's about the underlying thought processes about food, mm-hmm. about eating, about body weight, about uh, the body shape. So, uh, one needs to be able then to undergo some psychological interventions, uh, you know, cognitive behavior therapy and other types of therapy, sometimes family therapies, you know, because it's not only about the patient. Sometimes, uh, people have these challenges you know, uh, largely also contributing is, you know, um, the family, how, you know, they view food and eating and the eating habits, you know, in the family. So just dealing with the patient alone may not be enough. It may need a family intervention. So um, the interventions, they really depend on the type of the eating disorder that is there, but the treatment itself, it's normally a multidisciplinary kind of, um, you know, intervention from a medical doctor, from a dietitian, from a psychologist. Sometimes, you know, a, a psychiatrist is involved within that. And so there is no standard treatment, but it's individualized kind of treatment, uh, depending on the type of and the severity of the eating disorder,
0: mm. Doctor Nyati, is can eating disorders be cured, or do we treat them, approach them like chronic conditions? So you have this disorder, and we can manage it, but we can't cure it. What is the, I guess, the medical position on the treatment of uh, yeah. eating disorders? Do we do it with the goal of curing it, um, or managing yeah. it?
1: Well, um, you know, these conditions, because the underlying issue is about thought processes, you know, uh, sometimes unrealistic thought processes uh, or abnormal thought processes about food, about body image, about body weight. So uh, they tend to run a chronic course. Um, They tend to run a chronic course or periods of remission, you know, uh, and then, you know, periods of, um, you know, it coming back. So uh, a few people, you know, they actually, um, you know, survive and they are able to, you know, um, no longer have the problems, especially after, you know, uh, they've got into young adulthood, you know, going up. But uh, other people, they tend to relapse. Uh, because like I said, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, kids who were uh, bullied at school uh, or even, you know, adversities or in society in general, you know, so there may be those kind of triggers that may actually lead to people, you know, uh, having, a, a, you know, a relapse or a recurrence of these conditions. So um, the, uh, an answer to your question. It tends to run a, a you know a chronic course, mm. uh, you know, continuous or on and off. Uh, but some people do actually successfully, you know, have these conditions being, you know, uh, dealt with, and they, they never have the problems, uh, you know, uh, thereafter.
0: Um, it sounds like quite a complicated thing. You know, it requires quite a lot it of. Is. It needs a doctor. It needs a psychiatrist. It needs a dietitian. It, it may need ongoing, which I imagine would then be quite difficult for. Um, friends, family, partners to support someone, a parent. Maybe your child is someone that is dealing with an eating disorder, uh, your partner is someone. And es- especially because we have so many, you know, cultural, uh, societal ideas about food like, well, yes. you know, why don't you yes. just eat? You know, wh- what is so difficult? Yes. Just eat or, you know. How do you support someone who is, who's been diagnosed or especially if they haven't been diagnosed and there is, you know, the stigma and the shame? You were saying that men, boy, children, for the most part, are considered or believed, you know, they don't get eating disorders. It's a very female thing, which is not true. So in that context of not understanding the stigma and the shame, um, how do you then support someone who's dealing with an eating disorder?
1: I think, um, one, uh, I think it's 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 about what we're doing right now, just to increase their awareness and make people know that they are, you know, uh, this is something that does happen. And there's no shame, you know, uh, in actually having this kind of challenge. They need to seek professional help, you know. So if you are a family member or a friend and you are noticing, you know, these uh, red flags, you know that are pointing to this kind of, of of a health challenge. Don't judge. I think that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, be available to them. You know, do talk to them in 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 a manner that says, "Look, um, you know, you may benefit from consulting a health professional." Talk to your GP and see, you know, if this is within what is, is considered normal or not. And uh, your GP or family doctor may then be able to talk to other health professionals to be able to assist you to navigate this. So um, I think a non-judgmental, supportive uh, kind of attitude and uh, also teaching oneself and encouraging the person as well to actually get more knowledge about these conditions uh would actually go a long way to helping them uh to be able to deal with this but like i said they are normally reluctant because they feel they are going to be judged even health professionals at times actually contribute uh you know uh, to judging you know people with these kind of challenges because of mm-hmm. ignorance within doctors and some of the professionals themselves so it's very very important that the environment from home to society to the health institutions, uh, we must actually, you know, uh, not be judgmental of people who may be having these kind of challenges, rather we support them to seek the right kind of, uh, you know, health uh, information and uh, be able to be guided on how to navigate, uh, you know, the challenge.
0: In South Africa, do we have any public health messaging around eating disorders? I know we have many public health uh, priorities, such as TB, HIV, et cetera. Any on eating disorders, particularly awareness around those?
1: You know what, uh, actually we do not have, we do not have, we focusing a lot on the infectious diseases, we focusing a lot on non-communicable diseases, but uh, on this kind of health challenge there is very little, you know, of public health awareness that is being done. And it is very important that we actually optimize this week and not only the week, but actually throughout the year to be able, these things don't just wait for this week, they happen throughout the year. So we need more public health messaging, uh, you know, from the various levels of government and also media to make sure that uh, people are aware about these conditions and are aware of where they need to go to seek help.
0: Mm. Dr. Nyati, as always, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: Thank you very much, Gugs, and uh, all the best for the rest of the show.
0: That's our resident GP and also the CEO of Proactive Health Solutions, Dr. Fundy Lignati. If there is a topic you'd like for us to discuss in one of our health feature conversations, you can send us a WhatsApp message on 072-702-1702 with your topic. Or if you need a few more characters, you need a little bit of space, send me an email on cougs at 702.co.ca.